Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Get Connected with Nina Del Rio, a weekly conversation about fitness, health, and happenings in our community on 106.7 Light FM. Good morning and thanks for joining us on Get Connected. So we're all busy. A lot of the time we don't feel there's enough hours in the day to get everything done. But what if balancing work and family isn't actually as hard as as it's made out to be? In her new book, I Know How She Does It, How Successful Women Make the Most of Their Time, author and time management expert Laura Vanderkam collected hour-by-hour time logs from a 1,000 days in the lives of women who make at least $100,000 a year. Among the surprising details, successful women don't work as much as you might think. We look forward to finding out more with Laura. Thanks for joining us on the show. Thank you for having me. So I love the idea for this book. You want to find out how to manage your time. You, you look to people who, on the surface, have the lives you want to have. Why did you focus on women, and, and specifically women with children? Well, those are the people that we often look at and say, well, you know, women just can't have it all, right? There's that story out there that women can't have it all, that if you have a demanding job, you'll have to make really hard trade-offs at home. And yet, as I'd studied successful women over the years and looked at how they were spending their time, I saw that they often had more balanced lives than the popular story tells us. And so I wanted to study hour by hour um, how these successful women really spent their time and, and what strategies they had that we could all learn from. You know, among the statistics you include in the book is that women are more likely to believe that it's possible to have a fulfilling life without children than men are. Why do you believe that's the case? I think it's just that we hear so much about how hard it is to have it all that uh, many people have convinced themselves that that those two just don't fit together. And uh, so we assume that it's one or the other. Uh, But the good news from my my book and from studying the lives of women who did earn six figures and also had kids is that you really can make all the pieces fit if you're a little creative with how you move things around. So your survey, The Mosaic Project, how was it structured and what were kind of the nuts and bolts information that women provided? So I had well over 100 women who met these criteria keep track of their time for seven days. and, And they filled out um, usually these half-hour-by-half-hour half time logs. And, and so I could really see, you know, down to the minute, what, what amount of time people were spending at work and commuting to work and sleeping and doing housework and reading and watching TV. Um, and, and so I reached out to a bunch of different groups to try and find women to enroll in this project. And over time, I got 1,001 days, and I could go through and analyze the numbers and hopefully add some data to this conversation about women and work and life. So among the general population, let's get down to the results, very few people consistently work more than 60 hours per week, even if they claim they do. For the women that you you surveyed, what was the balance of work to leisure time? So the women in my study worked on average about 44 hours a week. So that's longer than the average person with a full-time job, but it's not that much more. They were certainly not working around the clock. Um, there, were, there were no 80-hour work weeks in my study, none whatsoever. Uh, so that was a kind of heartening finding, that the, the work hours are a bit more reasonable than, than people assume they might be. Why is there a discrepancy, though, to how much time we think we're working versus how much time we actually are? Well, I think we have this idea um, 
it's hard to know what is a typical day. So people often remember the worst things in our lives uh, more than the best things because there's just this uh, brain bias toward the negative. So we remember the night we stayed late, late at work. Um, we don't think about the Friday where we got out a little bit early. That just doesn't strike us as, as a normal thing, and yet it may happen more often than it doesn't. Um, also, you know, sometimes there's issues of mental states. I mean, people could say, well, I think about work outside of work, so therefore I'm always working. Um, but I think that's hard to account for, and we don't subtract time from work if we have our minds wander during a meeting. So I think that's hard to account for. But in general, our lives are a little bit more reasonable than we often think they are. I also think sometimes people think they're more valuable or more industrious the more hours they say they work. You know, it's difficult to say to somebody, I work 30 hours a week and, and have people think you're successful. It's true. And, and becoming saying we're busy is a way to show how important we are. Uh, so that's why we do it. And especially in you know, a tight labor market, we, we always want to be as seen as important and as uh, hardworking as the person next to us. And as people say, like, oh, I work 50 hours a week, I work 60, I work 70, I work 80, and so on, it becomes this game of one-upmanship. Um, but most of us actually haven't kept track of our work hours. I mean, if you get paid by the hour, you do. Um, but if you don't, then there's often no accountability for hours whatsoever, and so people just make something up. And there have been some studies that find that people have a tendency to exaggerate a bit, especially as they go north from 40 hours. So let's move on to leisure time. Did you find that these women had a conscious strategy as to how they planned their, their working lives and their leisure time uh, balancing them? Well, the people who are good about it certainly did. Um, one approach I saw a lot of people do is leave work at a reasonable hour, um, go spend their evenings either with family or, or doing personal things, and, and then doing some more work at night, later at night. Um, and this allowed for some space um, that would enable them to have leisure time and family time and yet still work longer hours um, by, by taking that time off in, in the evening and then doing more work later at night. Um, you know, people who were good about leisure were just good about saying, well, it's a priority for me, uh, so I'm going to do it. I mean, one, one woman uh, who, who lived in New York City, so in a place where you could do this, um, well, she would leave her husband there watching TV, and she'd go get a manicure at 9 p.m. And I thought, well, that's a great strategy. Instead of just sitting there watching a show she didn't want to watch, she would go out and, and get her nails done because that was time she could have as, as me time. So it was about being creative with the time that's there, asking what you want to do with it. And they really do try and plan ahead adventures as well. Planning adventures is, is a great way to get more out of family time. I mean, often when we get to the weekend, we think, I'm tired. I don't want to do anything. I want to do nothing. And the problem is that you can't do nothing. I mean, especially if you have little kids, you're going to do something. But it's not going to be something that you or they particularly care about, whereas we draw energy from meaningful things. So planning in some sort of adventure often is more energizing than just, like, lying there on the couch and having the kids constantly whining. We're speaking with Laura Vanderkam. Her book is I Know How She Does It, How Successful Women Make the Most of Their Time. You're listening to Get Connected on 106.7 Light FM. I'm Nina Del Rio. Let's switch a little bit to talking about kids. So Americans, we have this idea in our head, we'll rush home to have dinner with the kids. But the women you surveyed, they're not really stuck on, on that particular option or that particular image. Well, the women who are best at using their time well 
had thought about what was important to them and then were creative about where they fit it in. So if you have to work long hours, then family dinner may not always happen, but maybe you could do family breakfast. You know, that's a time that you can also have with each other um, and enjoy each other's company before you head off to work. So it's all about thinking, what do I want to do and how can I be creative with where I fit it in? Child care is another issue for lots of people. It makes moms or dads too feel guilty, but the mothers you spoke with, a lot of them didn't approach it that way. So certainly some people um, felt guiltier than others. I try to encourage people not to because the problem with the guilt is it leads us to make poor choices. If you're going to have child care anyway, then you may as well have as much as you actually need. I saw people sometimes making their lives harder than they needed to by skimping on how many hours they were actually needing to cover. Um, So because they had this idea that... um, you know, they were more of a success as a parent if they used fewer hours, but then it was making their lives harried as they were racing home, they were fighting with their partners, or, uh, you know, their managers were mad with them. I said, well, life would be a little bit better if you just paid for a few extra hours a week. And probably you will find time to be more relaxed with your kids if you're not rushing around. Um, so, so taking that more holistic view and saying, well, if I'm going to succeed at work, I need the support at home that I need. And if I have the support at home, uh, then maybe I can relax and use the time that I am at home better and enjoying that time rather than being constantly stressed. One of the other sort of sore points for women, too, is is feeling like you're not doing enough around the house. We can't help it. Um, are they sharing housework with their partners, or is that something they've also learned to just hand off to someone else? So it was both. I mean, certainly um, some women had very equitable uh, distributions of labor at home. But, but if there isn't an equitable distribution of labor, there are two ways to solve that. One is you can get your partner to do more, or you can do less. And one of those is a lot easier to pull off than the other. So, you know, by consciously lowering your standards, saying, you know, there's, there's not going to be an 11 p.m. home inspection where somebody comes in and makes sure that all the toys are picked up, all the dishes are put away. Uh, you know, maybe I can just let it go and just let it go and use that time for, for leisure, for relaxing, for recharging myself, um, because the toys will just be out again the next morning, but you will never get that time back. <laughs> what did you find out about part-time work? I think some people choose it because they think the hours are flexible, but there's uh, drawbacks according to kind of what you looked at. Yeah, so the funny thing with part-time work is that it's just not always actually part-time. Um, so I said that people sometimes think they work more hours than they work. And if there's no accountability for hours, then people can claim, oh, well, we're working 80 hours in this office, so if you want to work 50 hours, you need to be part-time. And yet if you look at how people are actually spending their time at their office, people are working 55 hours a week. Well, that's not a great choice then to work 50 hours versus 55 and get paid only half the amount. Um, So I think that it's better to seek flexibility within full-time work because if you can move work around on dimensions of time and place, you can often find ways to have that fulfilling family life and still get your work done too. And I would see this a lot in time logs, like women might take time off in the morning to go read to a preschooler's class and then make up the time at night after the kids went to bed. And so they were working just as many hours. They were just working them differently. And that enabled them to have the lives they wanted. And, and split shifts in that same category of just doing uh, working different hours, that seemed to work well for many of the women. Yes, uh, catching up on work after the kids went to bed. I saw that in almost half the logs I had. I think it's just a very common strategy, and, and it may be why you often get emails from working moms at 9 p.m., Part of advancing at work, too, is being seen at events. And these these parents you spoke with, they kind of planned their appearances strategically. Yeah, so, you know,
know, sometimes as, as parents we have a tendency to just want to hunker down and do the work that's right in front of us. And that's fine, except that business is never just business. And, and it's often about the relationships you have. And those relationships are the things that are going to keep your career moving forward. And the good news is this doesn't have to be either or. You do not have to see life as I'm a working parent, and therefore I can't go to happy hours. I mean, there's 30 days in a month. If you did three professional evening events per month, that's only 10% of your time. So 90% of the time you're home, uh, but that 10% invested at work could go a long way. And even if you're not going to do that, there's ways that you can be strategically seen during the workday. I mean, we take breaks anyway. You know, we often find ourselves doing some online shopping or, or cruising to social media sites in the middle of the day just because our brains are kind of fried. Well, better to step away from the computer and go talk to someone or go grab coffee with a colleague you like or go mentor someone during that time. Uh, and those are ways you can invest in relationships while still getting your work done. On a sort of related note to that, I think for many people, when you're not enjoying what you're doing, there's a bit of a mental drift. You're not as productive or motivated when you're bored. Is there a strategy to stay interested in your job? So I think the best thing you can do is to actually do your job. Um, many of us have work that if you describe it to someone else, it sounds like really cool. And yet, you know, you look at how your days are going and you're not spending all that much time on the cool stuff because you get distracted by the administrative stuff and the meetings and the emails and all these other things. So I think carving out time every day to do the part of your work that you really like, the part that drew you to your job in the first place, is the best way to fall in love with your job all over again. So just a couple quick more questions. One of them, what do these women not seem to have time for or don't waste time doing? I noticed TV was low on the list. Well, so women in my study did watch TV. I don't want to claim that, you know, you'll never watch TV if you have a big job and a family, um, because they did. They watched about four and a half hours every week, uh, which is more than half an hour a day. So there was not a TV-complete diet going on. But four and a half hours a week um, is a lot less than the average American who watches between 20 and 30 hours a week, depending on which study you, you're looking at. And really, you could explain a lot of the difference in, in work hours right there. Um, you know, the average woman with a, a full-time job is watching more TV than this. And, and so by trading off TV time and work time, um, you can work longer hours, uh, especially if you're doing these night shifts at home and check, catching up on work after the kids go to bed. And, and so that was a way that women could, in fact, have it all. They had space for things in their lives because they were spending less time watching TV. They weren't spending zero time watching TV, but less than the average person. I think, you know, if someone looks at your book, I know how she does it. They could actually take the format and ask themselves the same questions, do the same log. What do you think someone might be most surprised about in their own life if they did the same survey that women did for your book? I think we often discover that there are stories we are telling ourselves that are not 100% true. I mean, I've recently tracked my time for a, a whole month just to see what it, what it looked like. And I've been telling myself this story that, well, I have a busy life. This is just not a great time in my life for investing in friendships. I'll, I'll have time for friends later in my life. I don't have time for friends now. Well, I was doing something with friends probably once or twice a week when I looked at the whole month. And, and so this is a story I'd been telling myself that just wasn't true. I would, every time I'd get together with a friend, I'd be like, oh, this never happens. Uh, this is rare. This is something that, you know, is not a normal part of my life. And yet, clearly, if it's happening once or twice a week, it, it is a normal part of my life. And so I think that the good news about tracking your time is it forces you to examine these stories that you've been telling yourself and to say, well, is it true? Is it not true? If it's true, let me see what I can do about it. But if it's not true, what can I take from that? And can I say, well, 
you know, maybe it's just something that's not happening as often as I want, but that's a different question than if it never happens at all. Author and time management expert Laura Vanderkam's book is I Know How She Does It, How Successful Women Make the Most of Their Time. Thanks for joining us on Get Connected. Thank you. This has been Get Connected with Nina Del Rio on 106.7 Light FM. The views and opinions of our guests do not necessarily reflect the views of the station. If you missed any part of our show or want to share it, visit our website for downloads and podcasts at 1067lightfm.com. Thanks for listening. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.